Well, welcome everyone to Outpost 127 as we broadcast from our outlying post to bring a little encouragement to those of you on the front lines advancing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Outpost 127. A couple of weeks ago, I had a, an amazing privilege to go to one of my favorite places in San Antonio and to hang out with one of my favorite people, the Strong Foundation and Jim Gibson. Jim is this um, amazing guy here in, in, in our city. He has this infectious personality. He's very passionate about Jesus and very passionate about uh, seeing families put the pieces back together in their lives. And so God gave him a, a number of years ago this vision to create the Strong Foundation. And uh, I, after being able to preach there a couple of weeks ago and, and about once a month, I get an opportunity to, to go and, and just share the word of God with uh, with the, the, the folks that live there. Uh, Jim and I sat down in his office afterward, and just had a great conversation. And I think you'll see in just a second, Jim's passion for what he does. Uh, you're gonna hear uh, from him firsthand about the work that God has him involved with. So I hope you're able just to sit back, have an open heart and open mind and be ready to hear what he has to say about families living here in San Antonio, trying to put the pieces back together. Well, hey, good morning, Jim. It's uh, great to be here with you, sitting here in your office on a Sunday morning to, to have this conversation. Thanks for having me. Uh, we were just chatting, talking about how we have gone back at least 10 years, maybe maybe more. At least, yes. At least. Um, and Jim is the uh, pastor and founder and everything above about the with the Strong Foundation. And that's where we're at today and had the blessing of being able to um, preach here during their, their service this morning. And so we just wanted an opportunity to kind of sit down today and talk a little bit about what uh, Strong Foundation is all about and kind of about you and, and ministry and um that kind of thing. And I called Jim, I do call you a misfit minister. I know, I know we talked about that earlier this week. You're not so sure about that. Yeah, know? that's right. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I have used the terminology rag muffin bunch. Though. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that works too. That works too. Uh, but yeah, the idea that, you know, misfit ministry is, is, is a lot of times something God's called us to do, but it's not understood by a lot of people. Uh, around us. Sometimes it's a vision God's given us and, and it's hard for sort of those uh, in sort of the mainstream ministry to sort of understand exactly what it is that we've been called in to do. And so sometimes it can be a little bit lonely and and those kinds of things. But can you can you start by just telling the listeners a little bit about yourself, about your family, your upbringing, uh, your church life growing up, that kind of thing? Well, you know, just a, just a regular guy. And I grew up in the church. Grew up in the church, um, and like a lot of folks, got up into my teen years. Uh, started teeter-tottering a little bit. Got far from God. He ended up on the back burner. And a lot of decisions were made in life. And then, uh, oh, six, seven years into marriage, I, I told my wife one day that uh, when we get back from vacation, we need to really think about finding a church, getting back to God, and mm. raising our kids up to know the Lord. Wow, great. Yeah, she at that point told me, you're not going to shove your religion down my throat. Uh, 
<laughs> then I told her, I said, well, that's not what I'm going to do. She said, well, what are, what are we going to do then? I said, well, we'll just, we'll pick a church. We'll go there. Hmm. And if we like it, we'll go back. We grew up in two different traditions. Okay. Okay. okay? And so it will go there. And if we like it, we'll go back. If we don't, mm -hmm. then we'll pick another church and uh, we'll do that until we find a place that we're, we're happy with. Yeah. And the first place we ended up, uh, we just felt completely comfortable mm. and uh, began to uh, attend and get involved. And one thing led to another. And here we are. Here you are. Was that here in San Antonio? It was. Okay. Yeah. But are you, you're not originally from here. No, no, actually, no, I'm not. My wife came home from, from, uh, from work one day. Well, backtrack just a little bit. She told me when we got married that we could, I could do whatever I wanted to do, uh -huh. <laughs> but her career was her career. Okay. And so she came home one day and she said, well, we can move to San Antonio or she would be unemployed. Hmm. And so initially uh, she went ahead and resigned. And even though I wasn't serving God at that point, mm -hmm. I actually got out on my knees and I said, Lord, you know, what is it you want us to do? Because I felt like her resigning was a mistake, although not completely understanding why. And my wife came home from work uh, a couple hours later. She says, what have you done? I actually made a phone call to, uh, I knew her, I knew her uh, supervisor uh -huh. and told him I thought we had possibly made a mistake and wanted to know if it was still an option to go to San Antonio. And uh, anyway, Carolee came home and she said, what is it you have done? <laughs> <laughs> and ultimately, we decided that coming to San Antonio was the thing to do. Now, we didn't understand all of the why. I know I can look back now, yeah. and I have a much better idea as to why. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the time, had no idea that God had a plan. Wow. And where were y'all living? St. Louis. Oh, okay. I don't know that I even knew that. huh? Yeah, we've been here for 28 years this month. Okay. Yeah, 28 years. And I, of course, I look back and I see, I believe that um, God needed to get us away. This is what I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Didn't get a burning bush or an audible voice on this, but I believe that uh, God needed to get us away from all of our friends, our family, our influences, the positive, the negatives, get us here so he could deal with us on his own terms. Wow. Wow. Well, it's kind of like taking you into the desert in some cases. Although, for those of you who are not from San Antonio, this is not the desert. Everybody, everybody thinks that they uh, that that San Antonio, Texas, is just a big desert area. So they're kind of stunned when they come here for the first. Time. I tell you <laughs> so, what, in more places yeah. around the country, we're like San Antonio. Mm -hmm. Okay, this would be a things would be much better because yeah, we don't have agreed. the problems other folks have. Yeah. We all love each other. We get along, live where you want, date who you want, marry who you want, work where you want. Everyone is respected. And this is an incredible place to live and raise a family. Right. That's a great plug because it is. And I'm not originally from here either. Although I grew up in South Texas, but I agree. It's a community of, of people who um, share values and mm -hmm. things of that nature. So that's it's really, right. Yeah, it's really amazing. So you are the founder, the pastor uh, the, of Strong Foundation. What's your official title? All of the above? 
Well, you know, you're giving me more credit than I even talk about. Okay. Uh, I'm just a okay. regular guy uh -huh. trying to do what I believe God wants me to do. And uh, so, yes, I am a pastor. Uh -huh. And, um, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll put slash executive director okay. Okay. Uh, on a letter. Um, I give oversight to the ministry. Yeah. And that's really... That's what I do and try to surround myself with people that are excited about the mission and the vision and want to be a part of it. And and so I like to surround myself with people that are doing and then uh, release them to do. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah, I, I know you're kind of a humble guy when it comes to titles and those kinds of things. But uh, tell us a little bit about Strong Foundation. They can People can go to your website and they can see a video about what the ministry is all about. But in your own words, would you tell us a little bit about what Strong Foundation is, is all about? What we're really about? What you're really about. What we're really about. Yeah, what you're really about. What we're really about is evangelism and discipleship. There you go. That's what we're really about. But yeah. when people think of Strong Foundation, what they think of is homeless shelter. Mm -hmm. And our focus is on helping and serving homeless families with kids that we believe are really, really serious about doing their part to get back on their feet and have a changed life. Mm -hmm. And so uh, unlike some Christian ministries doing similar work, we don't try to shove God down people's throat. We don't force them to come to church. We don't force them to come to Bible studies. What we do instead is we invite them to come. It's a, it, you know, God didn't force me and I'm not God. So who am I to force people is kind of my attitude. Mm -hmm. um, so what we do is we meet people at the door, families with children. They come here ultimately because in most instances, everyone in their world is unwilling or unable to help them anymore. Mm -hmm. And so they come here, they're needing help. They've got kids. They're not sure what they're going to do. In most instances, they have a roof over their head. They're with family or friends, uh, but it's got a little bit uncomfortable. You know, uh, Ann Landers used to say fish and company are the same uh, after yeah. three days. Yeah. OK, right, right. so, um, you know, if somebody showed up at our door tonight and needed help 10 o'clock at night, a couple, three, four kids, you know, we're going to say, hey, come on in and we'll figure it out. But how long will that work for them to camp out in your living room? Mm -hmm. And so most people have a roof over their head, but things have gotten uncomfortable and it's they, they realize they need to, to, to move on. And so they come here looking for help, not really knowing what to expect. And so we meet them at the door. And really what we want to do is just begin to share the love of Christ with them uh, without being over the top. Yeah. And this is a program. We offer a program and technically it's considered an emergency program. Okay. Okay. And uh, for an emergency in that they need a place to live. Okay. So it's up to seven months long. It has a beginning, a middle and an end. And it is a program for families with kids that are really serious about doing what they need to do to get back on their feet and have a changed life. Oftentimes, um, things are in disarray. Uh, there's usually more going on than I just lost my job. One common denominator with the folks that we serve, and I don't want to imply that this is uh, applicable to everyone that's in a homeless situation, because that would not be true. Most of the people we serve, families we serve, are they have either uh, known the Lord and or fallen away. Okay. And have never known or have never uh -huh. known the Lord. Right. Okay. Yeah. This is what we see mm -hmm. uh, most of the time. And so um, everyone that comes here has to fit into a family friendly, child safe environment. We're not a drug hab, mm -hmm. but there is 
more going on than I just lost my job in every situation. Most people are unemployed um, and we share with them about the program, show them a little video about the ministry. We've got some paperwork and there's an application process um, and um, everyone has to fit into a family friendly, child safe environment. Okay. Very, very important. Okay. We don't care about the past. Right, okay. Right. We care about today and forward. Now, uh, we are not able to work with sex offenders. We have kids here on site. God will forgive us for anything. Uh, we're not able to serve uh, sex offenders. Anyone on the registry uh, just can't do it. Um, so here we begin to help people put the pieces of their world and their life back together. Mm -hmm. Once again, it's a program, right. not just a place to crash, not just a roof over their head. So not everyone's interested in what we do. Right. Right. So we show them our little video. We do our paperwork. We do our interview. We give them a tour of the facility and then almost always put them on a call in the morning, call them the evening waiting list. Okay. Okay. We want them to really think about, whether or not they want to be in this program mm -hmm. and uh, rather than just in the moment saying yes and agreeing to anything. Right. That's just more work than we need. Okay. If they're not interested, if there's other games in town, they can go do something else. They need to do what they feel like they need to do. Yeah. All right. So they're here, they're enrolled in the program up to seven months long. Uh, it includes, first off, what we call Discover Jobs. Discover the joy of being successful. You're shard shaved. You're ready to face the day. You're out in the chapel at 9 o'clock. And that's where we begin to look at your situation and begin to help you put the pieces of your world and your life back together again. Oftentimes, people don't have a Social Security card. You have to have a Social Security card to get uh, a job. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So they've lost it. Uh -huh. Employers want to see the physical card. Mm -hmm. Okay. A lot of times uh, their ID has expired. There again, you have to have a current ID uh, okay. to get in, you know, a, you know, gainful employment. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to help folks begin to get these things uh, uh, in, in order and in place. And then we work with organizations. We work with anybody and everybody that doesn't have a problem about us being about Jesus Christ. Okay. okay. And we're about Christ, but we try to be about Christ without being over the top. Mm -hmm. Okay. We just believe God wants to be part of our lives. He wants to do life with us. Okay. And so um, we work with an organization that helped the folks we're serving with resumes and job search. Huh. Their full-time job is to look for work and take steps to move forward. Eight to 10 hours a day with travel time, five to six apps a day, 25 to 30 apps a week. In a week or two, you'll have a job. Hmm. Wow. Once you have a job, you can continue to look for a job and find a better job because now you're willing to give up something for something better. Hmm. Okay. So it works if people work the program. Yeah. Um, there's zero tolerance on drinking, drugging. We do breathalyzers, oral saliva, drug tests. There's a 10 o'clock curfew. Okay. You know, and for some folks, this isn't what they're interested in. Sure. We fully yeah. understand that. That's fine and dandy. Kids are enrolled in school. Uh, they go to the local local school, um, and, and it's a, it's up to the parents to go to the school of origin or the school uh, for uh, our zip code. Okay. okay. Then we have a CPS approved parenting class. We have um, uh, we're currently using uh, Faith and Finance. It's a budgeting class put out by the Chalmers organization. We were using Dave Ramsey for years and years. So as an experiment, we're using Faith and Finance now. 
uh, a little bit more evangelistic, and it's really geared toward lower income people. And so uh, we're having real good success with that now. We also have a Christian 12-step uh, recovery. It's a, we call it Triple H. It's about our hurts, habits, and hangups, and we all have them. And then we have a relationship class. It's about our relationship with people, every every everyone that might come, we might come in contact with in life. Yeah. So that's huh. real, real broad. And that's led by a Christian counseling organization that have an internship program. Huh. And so the interns run the class. They get to know the people we're serving. And then they schedule one-on-one -on -one counseling and uh, they're counseling with the interns under the direction of the licensed Christian counselor. And so we stay out of that. Okay. All of those things are required. Gotcha. It is a program. Yeah. Okay. And then we also have church service uh, mm -hmm. on Sunday morning uh, and we have Bible studies on Tuesday evening of both a men's and a women's study. And what we do on those is we invite people to come. We don't force them to come. Right. That's not like you said earlier. That's not the requirement. Right. Exactly. Uh, it's our hope. It's your hope. It's yeah. our hope. Okay. And, you know, once again, God didn't force me and I'm not God. So who am I to force people? Right. Yeah. Which is a unique part of, of mm -hmm. your ministry. And I think yeah. it's probably the, 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 the folks who are here probably recognize that and, and really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. I know this morning, uh, y'all are going around inviting people to come to church service this morning and letting them know, but, but not everybody was, was here. So, uh, I think that that's really important. And, and again, I want to go back to, I love that you said, it, first of all, your passion is always contagious. I, I love your passion for, for what you do. Um, I go back to what you said at the very beginning about what we're really about versus kind of what, you know, it looks like we're about to a lot of people. Uh, and you are about evangelism and you are about people understanding and knowing that the faith of, of Christ and how Christ changed your mm -hmm. life. And, um, you've even got that on the mural as, as you, as they, as you come in kind of the life of the family changing mm -hmm. as they come into strong foundation. I right. love that. I'm going to have that actually a photo as part of this podcast so people can see. Oh, that, okay, great. Yeah, because yeah, it's really, really powerful. But I, I'm guessing there were a lot of ministries that you could have gone into, maybe had an opportunity to be involved with. Maybe you were involved with some other ministries. And you are a gregarious guy, I would imagine, even pastoring um, uh, a, a larger church or something outside. But why this ministry? Like, what is... What is it about this ministry that really God has just got a hold of you and, and asked you to do? You know, when we came back to the Lord, we started going to service. We got involved in a, a home group mm -hmm. and started serving in other areas of, of the church. Um, and then I became the assistant small groups leader. Uh -huh. And then the group got big enough that we needed to divide. And mm -hmm. so I became a small group leader. And then uh, I'd been working with the youth department and then moved over to working uh, with the uh, small groups pastor, kind of became the assistant to the small groups pastor mm -hmm. and started working with him and, and all of the small groups in the church. And then he left the church. And then I uh, stepped into that role on an interim basis. Okay. Okay. And then when that opportunity came to an end, I, I began to look for and seek the Lord for what he had in mind next and ended up serving in uh, a, a homeless ministry. Uh -huh and um, served there as an associate pastor, and then ultimately left there to start what became 
strong foundation. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. gotcha. Okay. So God just was guiding you this direction. You know, I'll have to go with that assumption. <laughs> you know, I believe that God has got something in mind for each and every one of us. Uh-huh. And so, uh, you know, I've heard it said before, and 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 I, I would I, I would imagine you would agree with me. You feel like God wants you to do something. Look around yeah. and see who needs help. Yeah, so and go pitch in. Good, good. All right, and you know because there are ministries out there that need help, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and a lot of times a guy wants to go out and start his own big thing. Well, that's fine and dandy if that's what God has called you to do. The question I'll ask a guy a lot of times, though, is did God tell you, you know, he says, well, God has called me to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's this great big monster thing. OK, and that's great. Right. Did he tell you when? Yeah. All right. Because a lot of times what we need is we need these opportunities to serve and prove ourselves and learn and show our pros faithful to to ultimately do what it is God wants us to do. Yeah. And we want to skip over all of these little learning opportunities and go do this great big thing. Mm, mm, mm. And if we skip over everything between where we are now and the great big thing, we may not be prepared or equipped to do what it is that God wants us to do with this thing he's given us a vision for. Wow. So, wow. yeah, that's wow. That's good. And so true, and it and it is true. It's it's kind of like cutting your teeth on things in the community, and then you find something, you discover something, and you say yes, okay, I I yeah, that's like that's where I'm wired, and that's what I want to do. But I mean, I I I, I you know would imagine that there were days, and so we're sitting in a in a building now that that tell me if I'm wrong that once was a, a nursing home, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I would imagine that as part of the ministry, you, you looked out on this mission and this ministry and you said, now there's some amazing things that can be done like this building, but how, God, how am I going to, how would I use this building? How would I get this building? It's, it, it looks very daunting to be mm-hmm. able to do it. And, and of course, God provided a miracle with this building. He did. Right. He, he provided it to you for a dollar or for nothing or for, for, nothing. for nothing. Okay. Uh, yeah. the owners gave it, gave yeah. it to the ministry. And uh, so I would imagine that right now there are some out there that are that are engaging in ministry missions that look really big. And there's dreams that God have given them and they're just not sure what to do with that. What would be your advice to them to start? Okay. Begin as you're seeking the Lord. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. God is big enough to lead us, guide us. Uh, and redirect us. So as we're seeking the oh, Lord, I need good. believe we need to begin to move in the direction that we believe God wants us to go. We need to start talking about it, sharing with with those as we feel led, as the opportunity comes up, which is how we started. Sharing that and, vision, you mean, like what God's put on yeah, your heart? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. We started as a little home group. Uh-huh. I began to share with people what I thought God wanted us to do. And pretty soon we had a handful of us that started meeting in our home. We're seeking the Lord. We're looking for multiple bedrooms and multiple bathrooms. Okay. And our prayer was pretty simple. Lord, open the doors you want open, close the doors you want closed. Give us the courage to walk through the doors we believe you've opened. And once we get inside, if it's not what you want us to do, then close the doors. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we saw doors close all over town, but this (laughs) continued to be our prayer. And there were times that it looked like God had opened the doors Mm -hmm. And then he closed the doors. Uh, 
All right. And and I think that's significant also, because I think sometimes God it wants to see what we're going to do when it doesn't work out the way we thought it would, it could, or it should. Mm. And I'll tell you what I think a lot of people do is get discouraged and quit. Yeah. All right. And we yeah. can't do that. If God has given us, if we believe God has given us a vision to do something, we need to begin to move in that direction. And I also believe God is looking for people that are going to be faithful that won't quit when it gets hard because it's not always going to be easy. Yeah, most of the time. That's so right. It is not yeah. easy. Yeah. All right. And, you know, a lot of guys think they're going to walk into a six figure yeah. income. And, guys, I'll tell you what, that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not going to happen for, it didn't happen for me. Maybe it'll happen for you. Okay. It didn't happen for me. And in fact, if, if it's, if it's about the money, I think maybe we need to reevaluate uh, what we're, uh, what we're uh, moving toward doing. Sure. Okay. But, um, uh, you know, I mean, I could go on and on with yeah. stories about yeah. things. Okay. But ultimately, we became acquainted with another ministry. We're serving, we're serving um, homeless people, and um, I actually started serving with uh, a brother that was was serving under the bridge. Mm, uh -huh. And that's actually where I learned how to do uh, a bi uh, bilingual message. Okay. And he'd have church underneath the bridge, and he he pulled in with the trailer and the sound system mm -hmm. and the whole bit. And what he was doing was working with churches and giving them the opportunity to have maybe one of their guys bring the message. Yep. Uh, they could bring the meal. They could bring their their outreach team. And it was turnkey for him was his vision. Uh -huh. And I learned things from that that I've applied to Strong Foundation. And uh, we started meeting people that needed help. And, of course, we didn't have a place. I wasn't with the, uh, the other ministry there. It was in the process of, of starting and putting things together for Strong Foundation and um, began serving with this ministry because the brother got sick and needed help. Ah, okay. Learned a lot from him. Learned a lot of things from him. And um, so... Uh, we, we began to meet people that needed help, and we started taking them to another ministry that had a shelter, and we got to know them, and they got to know us. And, you know, I think what kind of got that, that uh, ministry's attention was when we dropped people off, okay, for them to serve, uh -huh. uh, we didn't give the people we dropped off money. What we did is we gave the ministry that we were taking them to money to help take care of the people we were taking to them. So gotcha. this made us a part yeah. of assisting in them beyond just dropping them off. Right. Okay. Right. We're actually kind of putting our money where our mouth was. Mm -hmm. And um, we got to know them. They got to know us. And they had a nine bedroom, nine bathroom house that was about uh, probably 85% uh, rehab that needed some finishing touches on it. Nine bedrooms, nine bathrooms, wow. 4,000 square feet. And uh, a dialogue went over the course of a couple of months. And finally, they said, listen, why don't you just make the payment? Use it for God's glory. And if it works out, you can give us four grand in cash and you can take over the note. <laughs> okay, so with a prayer, a handshake, and a check for $1,034.68, <laughs> we went in and wow. started working on that house. Uh -huh. We knew it wasn't going to be big enough. We knew we were going to outgrow it. Uh, the other ministry probably didn't even think we'd ever get the uh, 
the rehab finish and we just give them back the keys after doing a little bit of work and paying, making the payment for a few months. Before we finished the house, a brother wanted to help us with something. We had to go by the place that he worked. Oh, I need to backtrack. We had been calling all of the nursing homes in the phone book looking for the ones that didn't answer the phone. Now, where we're huh. sitting right now, uh -huh. we had looked at this place okay. before we started working on the nine bedroom, nine bathroom house. Okay. Up and running, licensed nursing home. And the owner was just thinking out loud, testing the waters about maybe um, building another one or buying a bigger one and moving the seniors out of this building over to that one so we could have one that would be more profitable anyway so we're in the nine bedroom nine bathroom house we're working on it before we got it finished had to go by a friend was helping us with something we had to go by the place that he worked he worked for a nursing home and when i got there the sign that was on the nursing home he worked at is the sign that used to be out in front of our building right here <laughs> And while I'm waiting for him to come out and talk to me, here comes walking through the hall, somebody I met when I looked at this place. And I said, hey, what are you going to do with the other place? She said, well, we closed it. I said, yeah, I know. What are you going to do with it? She said, we're going to donate it. I said, who? She said, I don't know. I called the man that showed it to us. He called the owner. The owner called me. We talked. We shared about helping homeless families with kids get back on their feet, have a changed life, connecting with the Lord, growing a relationship with him. We talked and shared a few times. And then on Christmas Eve, 2003 he called and said merry christmas jim we're going to give you the building mm -hmm. flew into town signed it over to us appraised for five hundred and sixteen thousand dollars. wow 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 that's a god-sized gift two, miracle yeah absolutely yeah. two and a half blocks from yeah, the nine from bedroom the nine bathroom yeah. house i was gonna say because the house is just right down the street yeah, yeah so. we still have it uh -huh. Uh -huh. yeah right so yeah, uh, i get excited when i'm uh when I'm telling it, hopefully the, the story's not so fragmented that I lost. No, it, but... no, 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 no. I, that, that's, that's amazing. And, and I, and I was going to mention the fact that the ministry, and, and of course you and I know this, the ministry is about the families, not about buildings, but you do have that nine bedroom house. You have this building, right? You have some additional houses. We right? do. Yeah. 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 Anything that joins the property, you know, we, we have an open mind to acquiring, you uh -huh. know, it's like one fella told me one day, they're not making any more property. Yeah. And so if it joins our property, you know, we're interested in, in at least a dialogue okay. about it. And, uh, you know, some of it, you know, one, I guess it's a triple lot that's uh, right next door to the nine bedroom, nine bathroom house. They donated that to us. Another lot that joins it. We picked up at the auction for the back taxes. Wow. There's a lot directly behind the house. We actually bought for $500. Wow. Oh my yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, so that could really literally be its own separate yeah. campus. Yeah. Now we view from here to there as our, as our campus. Mm -hmm. And um, we've got a missionary house over there besides the uh, nine bedroom, nine bathroom. And then another one that uh, is directly next door. We are in the process of uh, renovating. Okay. Yeah. I, I think when you gave me a tour a couple of years ago, we drove around and I, and it just struck me. I mean, like, like immediately I said, you are like, you're kind of owning this block or owning this neighborhood, at least as part of the neighborhood. And I, and I would imagine how powerfully impactful that is for the, for the neighborhood. Um, 
in terms of you're bringing again because it's an evangelistic center it's it's talking mm -hmm. about christ you're bringing christ like right into the heart of the neighborhood Well, I told you Jim is a pretty passionate guy. I hope you've been enjoying part one of our interview with Jim Gibson and that you're getting ready to stick around for part two, uh, where he is going to continue talking about what the Lord is doing through the Strong Foundation. We want to also just encourage you to check out the show notes where you're going to see a link to the Strong Foundation so you can maybe... Um, understand a little more about what Jim's talking about and the ministry that they have. And also we're going to post the picture of the mural that you'll find when you first come into the ministry. So you can uh, see exactly what the families see and the hope that they have the minute that they arrive. Well, we hope you sit back and relax and enjoy part two of our interview today with Jim Gibson from the Strong Foundation. So Jim, I, I want to talk a little bit about now about, I mean, you, you've got these, these homes in this neighborhood, you've brought Christ right into the heart really of, of this neighborhood, but talk to me a little bit about your involvement with the community, other churches in the city, maybe even local businesses or even residences in the area. Okay. Well, um, we are actually a recognized homeless provider by the city of San Antonio okay. and we partner with anyone and everyone that doesn't have a problem with us being about Jesus Christ. Uh -huh. Okay. Um, so we're members of the, what's called the continuum of care uh, here in San Antonio. They call it Sarah. And uh, that is an organization that works with and coordinates with all of the homeless providers. Uh, the United Way, they uh, have us listed. If somebody calls and said, hey, you know, uh, my family and I were homeless, we need mm -hmm. help. Where can we go? We're one of the organizations that uh, that they uh, would they might recommend. Uh, so, um, and then we work with uh, and collaborate with the other homeless providers in town. We go back and forth with uh, with them. See, we don't need to do everything. Mm -hmm. We need to do what it is we do. Right. All right. And we're part of the community. Right. Now I will add, we do what we do without government money. Okay. We don't right. want anybody telling us we can't share Christ. Yeah. In fact, somebody asked me one time, they said, brother Jim, how are you going to pay for all this? And I told him as a pastor friend and I told him, I said, it doesn't belong to me. It belongs to God. He's going to have to pay for it. Yeah, amen. And uh, then I told him, you know what? We really believe that God will use his people to provide for whatever it is that he wants us to do. And so this is what we've seen him do over and over and over again. And so it's nice to not have to be concerned about that aspect of things. Okay. Right. And so, um, but we're part of the community and the resources that are here in the community are available to um, Christ followers and and are available to us and so we utilize them and actually have a, a very good relationship uh uh with with other organizations and even here in in the the neighborhood we've actually been been called out at one time by the mayor of san antonio in a group meeting uh in regards to our philosophies which huh. which it's one of our goals is to be a good neighbor sure yeah absolutely all right yeah. is is to be a good neighbor and so the people we serve you know when people think of homeless ministry yeah. there's a certain stereotype that might come to mind right. 
that stereotype does not fit strong foundation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, and you know, we keep talking about strong foundation. I got to tell yeah. you, yeah. the strong foundation yeah. we all need in life is in fact, a relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus is the strong foundation. We wanted a name reflective of Christ, but not too churchy. Uh -huh. Okay. And so, um, at any rate, just a little sidebar there. No, I'm sure somebody but, was already asking, like, why strong foundation? Yes, so, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Jesus Christ yeah. is the strong, strong foundation we all need in life. Yeah. And so I, I, I feel like we named the ministry after him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so um, the uh, our philosophy is to be a good neighbor. So our ministry does not fit the stereotype that might come to people's mind when they think of homeless people, homeless ministry. Okay, we want to be a good neighbor. And uh, so we we maintain our property. My attitude is God owns it all. And, you know, God would have the some, you know, one of the nicest places on the street. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so we add, take, add value to the neighborhood. Exactly. Yeah. Not be a hindrance to the neighborhood. Right. So, so you know, I'm very conscious of the stereotype, mm -hmm. and I've seen it too. I know, but we're not going to hang the people we serve. We don't hang out out in front of the building. We don't hang out on the street corners. We're not involved in illegal, uh, illegal behavior, and um, uh, so that's just how we we operate. We want to be an asset to the community, to the neighborhood itself yeah and y'all have done that i mean it's uh you have topiaries outside and and uh that are really nice you've got churches that come in to help paint and do landscaping work um, well we operate as a mission center right okay right. so and and i you know anything good that i share with you okay all the good stuff i believe came from god uh -huh. okay and so then we're just trying to follow through on what we what it is we believe god wants us to do. And so we operate as a mission center. So we're a place where people from local churches can come and help and serve while they stay faithful to their home church. Oftentimes people think of missions, they think leave the country. Yeah. Most people will never leave the country yeah. Yeah. and even fewer will leave with their children. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, we have, you know, we have, we have a job, we have a home, we have pets, kids have school, you know, we, we, we have our church. It's, it's hard to get away. And even if you do get away, how long can you get away for? Yeah, right. You know, a few days, a week, you know, in, in your lifetime. Mm -hmm. With the missionary concept, you can come across town once a month. You can come with your home group, your life group, your Bible study group. You can bring your kids and you can serve sure. here with us. In fact, we have an opportunity. It's called Kids Time. Mm -hmm. And it started with one family years ago that wanted kids, couldn't have kids, and they started coming out here on a Friday night. Huh. And all they did was hang out with the kids while mom and dad were going to the classes. Uh -huh. All right, well, I believe God used them to inspire us to expand that to all of our classes. So kids time happens on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night, and Saturday morning. And there's a different group out here each night of the week, okay? And I encourage groups no more than once a month. Mm -hmm. Some groups will come out, you know, every other month. Some groups once a quarter, okay? Um, but a lot of times people get excited and they want to come every night. Well, that's right. only going to last right. for so long, yeah. <laughs> okay? Right. Right. But right. once, one time a month, in fact, if they're in a life group mm -hmm. and if their pastor's cool with it, 
in lieu of your regular weekly meeting, yeah. come serve with your group. Now it's not something something extra. It's something different. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. And and now you want to you want your 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 life group to really get excited. Mm -hmm. Start serving together. Yeah. All right. I, I love again. I, I just want to point out, like, because I'm I'm aware of, of of the way it works here, the inner workings, and I, there's two things here that I think are just so amazing. One, it's an evangelistic center. Uh, it's a place to, to for Jesus Christ to be known, but it's also a missional center. It's places where churches can serve uh, their their fellow brothers and sisters here in our own community. And and going back to your point earlier, when you said, you know, what what is our outward facing thing versus what we are about, kind of internally. Uh, it's that sort of uh, internal that is so fascinating to me that I think uh, that the story is, is pretty, pretty amazing. Um, I know that the work that you do here is not always understood by uh, by other people. In fact, just exactly what we're talking about right now. Some people just see it as a homeless shelter. Mm -hmm. Some people see it as just a church. They don't understand the, 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 the holistic concept of, of everything you do here. Um, and I'm sure I could be wrong, but I'm sure that that could get frustrating at times. I'm sure that the vision God has given you uh, may even feel a little bit lonely at times because you're kind of like, don't they get it? Why don't why don't they get it? Why don't other people get it? Um, and and so I'm, I'm curious because I, I call that sort of misfit ministry sometimes mm -hmm. uh, that uh, you know that that you're doing things that a lot of people don't necessarily understand. So tell me. Uh, what do you do to sort of overcome some of the frustration and loneliness sometimes that you may feel? Well, anybody that's in leadership knows that leadership is oftentimes lonely. Yeah. A yeah. lot of times we do see things differently than, than other people. And it's kind of limited the people that we have that we can talk to. Yeah. Now, you're someone that I can talk to mm -hmm. and, and vice versa. Uh, you know, we, we get each other. Yeah, right. Um, but a lot of folks, they don't get us. Now, as far as, as, you know, we are not trying to build a church in any way, shape, or form. That has never been our vision. Now, our fellowship is made up primarily of the people we're serving, mm -hmm. which is ever-changing. Right. Right. All right. And then the handful of people that are really committed to serving with us. Now, there's a couple hundred volunteers that come out here a month, mm -hmm. but our Sunday services are, are really for the people we're serving and uh, the uh, the people that are really committed to the, the mission and the vision that, that uh, God has given us. Now, um, um, and as far as, you know, a lot of pastors, they love the idea of what we're doing. In fact, some pastors say that's exactly what we want to do. Yeah. Okay. Problem. Don't have, don't have a building for it. Mm -hmm. Don't have a team that knows how to do it and don't necessarily have a budget for it. Right. Okay. Now, my response to that is everybody that helps, serves, prays, and or gives financially is part of what God is doing. Okay, so if a church is partnering with us and they're encouraging people to come and serve with us while they stay faithful to their home church, they can learn, they can grow, they can evolve. It actually strengthens the local church. So we're not in competition with the local church. I believe in part we're helping to build up the local church because there are a lot of people sitting in the pews 
or cushioned chairs now, yeah. okay, <laughs> that want to do more, but they look around the church and they don't see anything for them to do. And here's another reality. We say 20% of the people do all the work. Mm -hmm. If everybody in the church wanted to do something inside the church, there's not enough not something yeah, not inside enough the four walls. Yeah, that's good. So we do that's need good. to get outside the four walls of the church. But now as the church is uh, getting involved with us and supporting us and, and encouraging uh, their flock to get involved here, uh, if they really have a heart to do this and they feel like it's something God wants them to do, we're more than happy to help them train up an individual or uh, a group of people to do this. And then if God provides a building or they build a building and they have the resources and, and they have the funding, well, they can go and do this. But what happens is a lot of pastors realize, wait a second, we don't have to do all this ourselves. If we partner with you, we have a homeless ministry. Right, right, and it costs right. pennies on the dollar over what it would have otherwise cost. Yeah. Okay, I mean, we operate on about $400,000 a year. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, and, uh, um, you know, a lot of churches are not going to be interested in committing, you know, that amount of money. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of folks, you know, 400,000, they say, oh, that's, wow. How do you do that? Yeah. Well, God does that. Yeah. yeah. And so we partner with anybody and everybody. It goes back to that philosophy. Anyone that helps, serves, prays, and or gives financially is part of what God is doing here. And so the kingdom is huge. Yeah. And within the kingdom is every imaginable trade. And there are Christian business owners that when they hear about what's going on, they say, wow, I want to be part of that. And so uh, if they just discount what they would normally charge for a product or a service, they're keeping their guys employed. They're investing in kingdom work and it's not costing them anything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so we try to do that. And I love to share with people. You never know who you're talking to. You never know how the Lord might speak to them and how they might want to help and how they might want to to uh, to get involved. And that's been an ongoing uh, theme, I think, today and, and just talking to you before is sharing, sharing mm -hmm. with people, letting them know the story. Uh, and again, everybody can hear Jim's heart. He, you can hear his passion uh, for serving people mm -hmm. and, and, and serving serving the Lord. And so it's uh, he, he's, like I said earlier, about infectious personality. I mean, he's got such a heart in a, in a uh for this kind of ministry that it, you know, you, you want to come and be a part of, of what God is doing here for those that are out there right now that are, um, you know, I, I call it on the front lines of the gospel ministry. In other words, they are to your point, they're serving as a grocery store owner. They're serving as a, not necessarily in, in a church uh, that they, they can be a teacher that that's ministering and sharing the gospel in the classroom, those kinds of things. Can you give them any final encouragements when they doubt the work that they're doing out in the community or whatever community they're in that maybe they doubt a little bit about the work that they're doing for the Lord? Can you give them a little bit of encouragement just to leave them with today? God has got something in mind for all of us. Each and every one of us have been given gifts and talents to use for God's glory and to encourage um his people and to bring people to him. Amen. Don't despise small beginnings. Ah, so good. Yeah. All right. We've got to take a lot of times baby steps before we can walk on our own. And 
even though we have gifts, even though we have talents, a lot of times those gifts and talents, they need to be developed. Mm. And a lot of us, we feel like we're ready long before we really are. Mm. And as we begin to take some of these baby steps, we may realize that, wow, I did need that experience. I did need that direction. I did need that sometimes correction. Yeah. Okay. As we're working with others, we need, may need to be redirected. And something else I'll just tell you too. And, you know, a lot of people will say, well, God told me this and God told me that. Okay. I've never had an audible voice or a burning bush. I'll just tell you. Mm -hmm. And everything that pops into our head isn't necessarily from God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Time will tell. Yeah. If it was, right. uh, or if it is, but not everything and not every idea we have is necessarily from God. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we need to test the waters. All right. We need to test the waters and um, begin to use our gifts, use our talents, be faithful where you are while you're seeking God. Okay, and why you're learning and growing and evolving. Yeah, so good. That, uh, that that's amazing. It's it's patience, and it's something that we don't have a lot of. Uh, we want to we want to go to from zero to 100 miles an hour, and you know, yeah, 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 yeah we do hours. And so uh, it's really really good for people out there that are thinking, you know, well, I, God's got this big huge thing for me. Just I love that. Be faithful where you are. Test the water. Start mm -hmm. small you know, see, see where that's going. I mean, that's your story. It really yeah. is your story. So yeah, uh, it's really why I wanted to talk to you today. Cause I knew you'd give some great encouragement to, to those out there that are listening and, and say, man, I'm really tracking with you on this. And I, I, you know, I got has put this on my heart. I just don't know the next steps to make. And I think those are real practical steps today that you've uh, advice that you've given encouragement you've given today. So I really appreciate it. And as always, Jim, I love the ministry that, that you're involved with here. God is doing here. Um, and, um, thank you for the opportunity just to come and talk to you today. And also you serve here today. Uh, it's been, uh, been a year, uh, or so since I've, I've been, been here because of COVID. And so I was, uh, was telling everybody today, it's just such an authentic ministry. People here are just real. And if you don't like real, uh, if you don't even like sometimes sort of messiness, then this is not the place for you, but, uh, but it's just a real authentic expression of, of, of pursuing God. And I, I love that about this ministry. So God's doing some, some great stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks. Well, so there you go. <laughs> now I think you understand why Jim is one of my favorite people. He is just um, so passionate about the work that God has given him to do. He is really an infectious personality. Every time I have an opportunity to either go to the Strong Foundation or just sit down with lunch and, and listen to him, I just always walk away um, so much more encouraged than when I when I first got there. And so I hope he was an encouragement uh, to you today, this idea that, that God has taken Jim and, and shown him a, a path and given him a way and he stepped into it. And God's doing this amazing thing to put the pieces of family lives together, uh, back together right here in San Antonio. I want to also point out the fact that Jim is a little wary about being called a misfit minister, but that's exactly what he is. He, 
He does what he does because God guides him. And sometimes other people just don't understand exactly what it is that he's doing, but that's okay. He's doing the work of the Lord. He's being uh, faithful to that. And like I said, uh, lives and family lives are changing and people are coming to know Jesus Christ. So amen to that. Well, we hope you enjoyed uh, this episode of Outpost 127. And as always, if you get an opportunity to share uh, this broadcast with any of your, your friends who may be looking for a little encouragement, we just ask that you would do that. And until next time, may the Lord bless and keep you. And may he keep you standing firm side by side for the faith of the gospel.